All right, this is a Q for Fun Pride Month special interview. Uh, if we were more on the ball, this would go in one of the new podcast feeds, but those haven't been invented yet, nor has the website, nor has anything else I plan to do this summer, because I'm still fucking tired. Um, so, you're here with me. Hi, I'm here. How's your yeah. week been? Uh, busy. Really, busy. really, really busy. It was it was a lot of 10-hour days to get to three Ugh. days off, and it wasn't enough. And I am I am playing in Girls Gang Squad. In fact, by the time this is out, uh, the Girls Gang Squad match will have been finished, and I will likely have been exposed to be the bronze tank that I am. Uh, I have no problem with that. It's just it's going to be a fun time. Uh, it's so, going to be dominated by uh, Silvahe. It's going to be am t- pretty gonna hot. Be, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be bent over and spanked <laughs> by Silvahe, and I'm not complaining. Um, but the fun thing about this is that this interview is being recorded before our Pride Month episode, but it will come out after the Pride Month episode, because the Pride Month episode is going to come out on Sunday, and this interview will come out on Monday to coincide with the next uh, stream of our guest, who we brought on here today. Uh, she is a trans streamer. She is a variety streamer. She's a mother of ferrets and cats. I've seen them. She streams Monday through Friday nights, often starting around 8 p.m. Eastern, and you can bring all your gender, gender identity, sexual sexuality questions to her, so long as they're in good faith. And we are still waiting on Swamp Witch merchandise. It's Willow. Hi, it's good to be here. <laughs> uh, we are so happy to have you here. I've been a fan of yours and a subscriber to your Twitch for 18 months, and uh, thank you for agreeing to do this and to come on a show that's about nothing you do, except for the fact that we are very gay here. Um, well, thank you very much for having me, and thank you for the support that you've given for 18 months. It's huge. I, I fucking love your channel. I love your community. It's it's such a great thing, and it's such a necessary thing. And given that this is Pride Month, and given that this is the only time of the year we get people to give a shit about lgbtq plus issues because come july they're not going to care anymore oh Um, absolutely let's be real the support that they give now is words empty mm -hmm. words pretty much and that's that's one of the things that we have to deal with but you are a fascinating character fascinating human being uh you're a trans trans woman living in alabama what the fuck is going on (laughs) uh i can't say that i'm particularly happy with it it's just that wages are low and cost of living is low but wages are low so it becomes very difficult to leave i mean yeah. minimum wage down here is 725 an hour and it hasn't changed since 2009 and they're not going to change it either because they don't care no no alabama is going to change it only when it becomes a federal mandate yeah only then well, well, we brought you on to talk about a whole bunch of fun things because your stream has kind of evolved into this rather amazing place. But we want to start because most of our listeners live in the um, community of Heroes of the Storm, which is the Blizzard MOBA. I'm sure you knew that, but I'm also sure... I have played it before. I used oh. to play it a little bit. Oh, well, then we should have had you on a regular episode then, but I think you're <laughs> special enough to be on a special episode. Oh, um, thank you. But I want to talk, I want to start by talking a little bit about your history of video games because um, this is something that 
I'd always assumed of everyone that they'd been playing video games, you know, going back forever, but not everyone has. So a little bit about your history of uh, video games. Where'd you, where'd you start playing video games? What was, what was your console of choice or did you start on PC? How'd that happen for you? Well, I grew, I grew up with video games as someone who was young and introverted and the nineties who, you know, didn't really fit in with the other boys for reasons. I can't um, imagine how you wouldn't fit in yeah, with boys in Alabama. I know. I know. Um, You're so pretty. They should have just loved you. Oh, they should have just loved me. Well, hell, it, it started before that. It would, went back. I remember playing in Memphis. I remember coming home to a Super Nintendo one night and my dad just casually playing Super Mario World on there which was just the coolest thing ever. But I started on NES. I started with Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt, uh, mm. which I was always very, very bad at Duck Hunt and Mario and games in general. Um, shoot, I think Mario World was probably the first game that I beat because Nintendo Hard existed as a concept back then and for good reason. Uh, I, w I didn't beat Zelda 2 until I was an adult. I still haven't gone back and beaten Jackal or basically many of the other games that I had. But that's where it started. I had an NES, I had a Game Boy, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, N64, and so I'd go to school, I'd come home and I'd play video games. I grew up with the Super Nintendo. It's why I play Link to the Past Randomizer so much. Because I know the game so well, I can still talk and play the game. So, right now, what are the, what are the games that you're either really excited about or really just enjoying? I've been on kind of an MMO kick lately. Like, wow, um, retail is in a slump, so I'm looking at PSO2, which just dropped an overhaul. I'm looking at Final Fantasy XIV with this expansion coming out soon. But I haven't had time to actually get a max level character. So mainly, if I'm playing video games off stream, it's it's Binding of Isaac. Because mm. I can do a run in about an hour and then I can go about my day because I'm so busy these days. So I, I like to sidetrack with what, with what you're saying. So what are you so busy with? What's going on with your life? Uh, a lot of it's networking, right? Like mm. the the best way I've found to grow ch the channel through at least my particular brand of, I say brand, based on how I work, is networking, where I just go into streams and I talk to people and I make friends. Wow. And that, that's it. That's just kind of what I do. So when you're not streaming, uh, you're on other people's streams, like just just chatting it up. Largely. And I'm trying to get hotter so I work out three or four times a week, and that's basically all I do. You're, I get up, I work, I work out. You're already out. really hot, so. Well, like, thank every you. Time I, every time I watch I, your stream, I'm super jealous. I plan to get hotter. I plan to get disturbingly hot. Destructively nice. hot. Annoyingly hot. So, Sophie's going to ruin another peripheral here and with some drool in a moment, so. Um... <laughs> So what got you into streaming? Um, 
I was kind of... So I'd come out fairly recently at that point. I'd been on hormones for maybe a year. I basically just started presenting full-time as a woman. And I was bored and kind of lonely at home after work. So I decided I'd just give streaming a go, see if I could play games and um, work on my voice and be more comfortable with my presentation and talk to people that I knew. And it exploded very quickly. And I just kept going. COVID came around and my business failed because they, my business required things that shared ingredients with hand sanitizer and soap. So prices shot up four times and it wasn't feasible to stay in business. And I quit and I went full-time streaming and I haven't looked back. So, um, and again, the reason why we're having you on the show is because it's Pride Month. You transitioned in your 30s. You transitioned uh, what some would say is rather late. For me, that'd be early because if I transitioned in my 30s, it would make my life a whole lot easier now. Can you talk <laughs> a little bit about uh, transitioning in, in your 30s and a little bit about what that was like and coming to that realization? And again, this is something you've addressed on stream that you address on a regular basis when people ask. But oh, absolutely. talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. So... I didn't know that I was trans when I was a kid. Yeah, sure, I'd always been drawn to feminine things. I'd always kind of wished I was a girl, but I didn't I didn't have a word for that. There wasn't a word for that when I was growing up, at least not in my area. I didn't there find out the trans There wasn't in rural Michigan either, so I believe You're not it. alone. <laughs> um and by the time I found out that trans people existed in my late teens, I not only did I find it out through a completely pornographic uh, context, which kind of fucking damaged my perspective a little bit. Um, I'd long had enough negative reinforcement to take any of the feelings that I'd been having about gender and just shove that shit back down as far as I could. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until I went through about a 10 year cycle of flirting with the idea of exploring gender and noping the hell out over and over, getting a little bit closer and going back into the closet, going a little bit closer, going back into the closet, that I finally just got an article of clothing, a pair of socks for Christmas in 2017, that I realized that I like how feminine they made my legs look. And I just kind of collapsed on the bed and was like, fuck, I'm trans. And then I've basically been trying to speed run my transition since then to make up for lost time, which doesn't do anybody a damn bit of difference or a damn bit of good. You can speed run, you can take it slowly. It's never too late. And it's important to do things at your pace, at your comfort level. Because yeah. You deserve to be able to be yourself at whatever rate that means. It's also really inspiring that you're doing this. And again, you're in fucking Alabama um, <laughs> because it is I, I can only think of a handful of worse states to be in if you're if you're queer at all. Um, is it, is one just, of them Montana? <laughs> yes, one of them is Montana. It's OK. I'm only about a 30 drive, 30 minute drive from Mississippi. 
<laughs> yeah, Mississippi's another one. <laughs> uh, but it, for me, it's 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 a thing, and it's it's a weird thing for me because, and I mentioned this uh, um, off show to to Soph and to my other co-hosts, is that it, it's weird for me being in my forties and uh, idolizing uh, trans girls in their twenties and thirties who are like, you know, fuck the world, I'm doing this, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Where was I know the feeling? Where was that when I was younger? When I was when I was well, first of all, there was no Twitch when I was twenty one. There was barely an internet when I was twenty one. It was like nineteen ninety nine, yeah, uh, or nineteen ninety eight. Excuse me, ninety eight into ninety nine, and just like there's no way to find out about any of this. And I was surrounded by a bunch of of gay men in uh the speech and debate community in college and it's just like i do not fit in with these people and they they smell something very wrong with me so they're not interested in me at all and just like okay and yep i was in engineering and it's a massive boys club so you know i did what i could to fit in because well this is how a man's supposed to be uh didn't work yeah yeah Yep. I can't even begin with the dysphoria of wearing uh, male-identified clothes. So basically, I wear jeans and t-shirts now because that is about as gender-neutral as clothing gets in America. Um, yeah. And it's not at all what, I, what I'd like to wear. I'd like to throw all the jeans out because jeans fucking suck. You'd uh, like to live in a Japanese schoolgirl outfit, be honest. But who wouldn't? But that's <laughs> actually not my style. Uh, that would be That would be my style if I could remain 16. But I'm not My style is sweatpants and a t-shirt. <laughs> That's basically the comfiest bra possible. I would, I would like it. I would like a, I would like a, 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 comf, a comfy uh, sweat skirt because I do Ooh. not like pants. I do not like pants. But, fair. but a, fair. a skirt, a skirt that's about calf length, uh, made of a soft material, so it's warm here in Michigan when it's cold because it's frequently cold in Michigan. Um, and you know, pants suck. In fact, my wife has banned pants in the house. Nice. So, you got a no good pants. wife. <laughs> I know. I know. I have the, I have the most supportive and wonderful wife, and I can say that knowing that she will never hear this because she does not listen to the show. Um, she has other things to do, like taking a nap after a burrito. Uh, I have definitely recontextualized my relationship with pants ever since I got the butt lift because mm-hmm. these sweatpants make my ass look fantastic. Ah. Uh, so that gets to another thing to talk about. Your stream has recently been this uh, Trans 101 open forum, which has been a lot mm-hmm. of fun, super informational. And it's not just trans issues. It's also various issues of gender, sexuality, gender identity, playing with gender, which is a, a concept that, as a student of Judith Butler, I really appreciate the way that you talk about that. How did this come about, and what are you hoping the community gets out of it? I, okay, so... They'd been mentioned a few times before that if I had ever thought about doing just chatting instead of chatting while playing a game. Because while sometimes when playing a game, I can keep focus on the chat and just kind of autopilot the game and have interesting things to talk about, that oftentimes I just can't. Like, it's too much. Binding of Isaac is one of my worst stream games because I actually have to pay attention to the game and I miss a lot of chat. So when somebody in chat suggested, yeah, last month, month before, 
that I just did a just chatting stream, see how it went. It had finally worn down my, my walls enough that I was like, you know what, fuck it, sure, let's do it. And it was some of the most fun I'd had. And my looking at it from a purely professional perspective, um, my average viewer numbers have almost doubled in like a month and a half. It's doing pretty well. And I'm having fun. And my goal really isn't to be more successful or, you know, reach these certain metrics of this many subs a night or followers or average viewers or what have you, but just be able to help people understand trans people better and to hopefully crack some eggs if possible, which is the, um, slang term for helping somebody understand that they are trans yeah i really love the direction the chat has gone but as and i said this in your chat the other day i really miss stardew valley <laughs> <laughs> i do love stardew a lot it, it's really cathartic to just watch you play stardew valley um and it, it's almost more fun than playing it myself which is again kind of the purpose of twitch but yeah. I love watching. I love watching you talk about stuff. The problem that I have is that you're coming on at eight o'clock, and at eight o'clock I'm in the I'm in the thick of things at work, and so I ha I can't listen mm -hmm. for for like more than a little bit because I have to pay attention to what's going on with work. And so, uh, and by the time I get off of work at midnight, you're four hours in, and I've missed all that. And it's such a good stream, though. I I try to make sure mm -hmm. it's on, even if I can only have it on in the background. Like even when I tell you I'm going to bed for the night, I don't I don't turn your stream off. <laughs> because again, it's super it's super important. It's it's such uh, I I'm gushing over your stream because it really is important, but I do want to talk about your community and the community of your stream is super awesome. All the people in chat who all of whom all of whose names I'm going to blank on because I'm terrible with names unless you're a fictional character in a book. Um <laughs> You, 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 it's the only way you could be real to me. So, uh, how do you foster an amazing, supportive community on a platform which is notorious for being full of trolls, toxic masculinity, transphobia, and homophobia? Which is true of Twitch. And Twitch, if you ever listen to this, you need to clean the fuck up of, of your platform because holy Get shit, your is, shit together, Twitch. It's unacceptable, Jeff Bezos. We've called you out multiple times oh. for you know not paying Wicked Kitten enough, but. You also need to start cleaning Twitch up and start getting the bros off of Twitch. Damn straight. So, uh, but how how do you how, how do you create community? How do you make community? Um, I definitely got lucky, um, but realistically, like at the end of the day, when you look at it, there's a lot of potentially toxic behavior in communities. One is maintaining the boundaries of parasocial relationships, um, which is very difficult. I, It hasn't started out this great. I've had my stumbling blocks. Um, I've so I've hurt people and people have been hurt by other members of the community and it's just, it's just not good but recognizing that are social relationships can you define that for for the audience um a parasocial relationship is a a relationship where essentially someone knows a lot more about party a knows a lot more about party b than party b knows about party a like for example um 
you know exactly what I look like. You are up to date on my life. You know how I sound. But going into this, I had no idea how you sounded. I don't really know what's going on in your life because I don't really watch you nearly as much. Like, I don't, when you're at work, you're at work. When I'm at work, you're watching me. Um, and that creates a, an interesting dynamic. I do believe that honest friendships can grow out of them, but it's the same way that somebody looks at a celebrity. The celebrity, which please know, I am not calling myself a celebrity. <laughs> but you are, um, so. uh, that like a celebrity, like Edward James almost, I know stuff he's been in. Um, I know. Yes. So I'm just going to shout I, that out because that's my favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know a lot more about him than he does about me because I doubt he even remembers meeting me as more than one. Well, he definitely wouldn't recognize me now, but if I hadn't transitioned as more than a face of a fan that he hugged at a convention in like 2013. Wow. But I could pick him out of a crowd because he's Edward James almost. That's yeah. that kind of like disparity of parasocial relationships. So what are and some can... of the stumbling blocks that you've you've come into um with this in, in your in the creation of community? Because I think that one of the great things to learn from this is is learn from other people's mistakes. To to root out toxic behavior. Honestly, like it's really easy for someone to come in and kind of demand the streamer's attention and sometimes, you know, trauma dump on the streamer and come in and make them feel bad for you so that they give you more attention. That can foster those kind of negative patterns of behavior to want to take more for that and want to ingratiate themselves with the streamer at the expense of others. Um, I've had to ban people from my community from doing that. Um, I've had to ban people who, who were trans, who I heard through the grapevine. I had screenshots through the grapevine of them trying to talk to other people in other discords about how to force friendships with the streamer. And you know, sometimes it can get hard, right? Like taking a stance on politics usually rubs people the wrong way. So allowing people the opportunity to vent their frustrations and explain their frustrations and work things out without devolving into a full-on shit show drama bomb mm. is really important and honestly extremely hard to manage. I'm very, very thankful for the mod team that I have uh, because a lot of that I don't see because it gets handled. Who are the, who are the mods in your channel? Just to shout them out very quickly. Just to shout them out. We've got lace card. We've got tipsy fishes. We've got malvirus. Oh, hold on. I lost the window. Where's the window? <laughs> We've got Juicette X42, Holly Celestrina. We've got sassy koala. Sia Cicada and our good old Matley Sheepy. Yeah, and and the reason why I do this is because mods are the people who make 
Twitch chat even viable. And so Absolutely. thank you to all of you and to all of you who mod. And I'm not just saying this because two of my co-hosts are mods and channels. <laughs> I'm a mod in the channel, but I don't do anything. So I'm, 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 a mod for a per, I'm a mod for a person who thinks I walk on water. So Well, you do. So. I don't walk on water. <laughs> I'm just always right. <laughs> Hey, I have clips of other podcasters saying I'm always right, so I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> They're right, so Annalise is always right, and it's true. Uh, no, that's the, that's the title of the episode of Hard Edition that Dills had me on. Annalise is right. <laughs> um, so it was it, it 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 it's important. I think that you've built a community, you've found people who can really work with it, and frequently trolls do come in. And as someone who at times has described herself as a Twitter troll, these trolls suck. Oh, they're the worst. And, I and actually that... had to uh, change my uh, rules for moderating to allow a two-strike policy. Because most of them are so boring that it's just become easy knee-jerk. Oh, ban them. Okay, fine, moving on. And I like to play with my food sometimes. Yeah, they're just they're just they're just not creative. And as, as someone who's excuse me, who believes very much that creative trolling can be interesting, especially when you're dealing with assholes, I, f I find mm -hmm. that. I mean, because we do some creative trolling when we run into assholes in our games. It's creative we, to them. They've never seen me do it before. We but. we pride ourselves <laughs> on playing with our food. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um. A big recent thing in Twitch is the uh, advent of the Twitch tags. And uh, if you're listening to this now, we probably already talked uh, with Vipey about this since. And, and that was a great conversation we had with Vipey about Twitch tags. Don't you, don't you think so, Seth? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was really eye-opening. Yeah. But you've, you've had kind <laughs> of an interesting take on, on Twitch tags um, since they've been announced. And you actually did like a TikTok that I saw on your Twitter about uh, Twitch tags. And I just wanted to give you some time to talk about that because it seems like the, the tags are a step towards Twitch trying to be inclusive, but like most straight cis people trying to help, they didn't get it. Absolutely. Completely stumbled. Um, I think it's a good start. I think that the tags are a decent-ish system but i don't think they nearly go far enough i've heard a couple people complaining who are polysexual was one that i remember off the top of my head and some other identities some other groups of identities they just don't have any representation so at the end of the day we're still playing under twitch's very uh, curated list of tags which we still only get five of as streamers for some reason even though they added over 300 more. But it doesn't go far enough. I mean, there needs to be a system where you can either designate user-generated tags or some kind of rubric to add more. Or else, a few years down the road, we'll have more groups and more identities who want representation, who want to be able to find each other, and they just won't be able to because the tags don't exist. I think that's the really kind of important thing that we talk about with the tags is that it does help you find where you're looking for. I mean, I would have never found you if I hadn't been randomly looking for a Stardew Valley stream because I just wanted to relax. I was tired. And I was like, I want to watch something chill. 
And oh, here's this girl streaming Stardew Valley. Oh, she's trans. I'm in. Hell yeah. That's li literally all it takes. And not getting that, not not being able to find your community, which is again, you know, there's there's these Insider did this uh, thing on on queer cartoon characters uh, the other day for Pride Month, and one of the top uh, responses on Twitter was this cis boy asshole who's like, "What does it matter if a cartoon character is queer? Why are you identifying them only by their sexuality?" It's like, shut up. Sometimes I don't want to watch straight people talk out of their ass for a few hours. We all just want to see ourselves people. represented in things. And this is, a, this is a straight, and I, I don't want to assume, but a straight, probably white boy who gets represented all the time because he's, he's considered to be in the money demographic, probably 18 to, 18 to 45. That's considered the money demographic for, for media. So there's lots of straight cis white boys all over the place because mm -hmm. that's what advertisers think of as the important demo. And Absolutely. So it matters that there are black characters and Latino characters and Asian characters and native characters and queer characters and intersex characters because all those people exist too. It is it makes a difference. And you know, I, I don't want to beat people over the head with Gene Roddenberry, but I mean this is but that was a man who said not only did I have a black but a black woman and a black officer, that'll show them. That's a Gene Roddenberry quote, all you people who don't want politics in your uh all those people and science who are annoyed that Discovery has a, a woman captain and a, a and black woman. her name woman. is Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. And Discovery is like, such a good are, show. Do you even Star Trek? <laughs> yeah. It's right? Just, it's like... You That's know, why I it's, love it. Star Trek. It, it's, a sh it's a show that was created by a Jewish man for the simple fact of he wanted to shove diversity in people's faces. <laughs> he said it out loud. What more do you want? Like, exactly. Oh. He he knew what he was doing. The same way Charles Moulton knew what he was doing when he drew Wonder Woman. He knew exactly what he was doing. And the same thing that, that Siegel and Schuster knew when they drew Superman and Bob Kane drawing Batman. There's politics infused in all of your favorite stuff, you fucking nerds. Absolutely. It's there. It's there, and it's not going away. There's Come no on. There's no politics in Marvel Comics. Yes, there is. Dan Lee wasn't shy about it. He really oh, wasn't. No. And these people, it's, it's just, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, representation matters, and having those things out there is important. We'll get a little bit more into that in, in a bit. Uh, I want to bring it back to our show, which is about a competitive MOBA, Heroes of the Storm. Uh, and it's a little weird to have you on because, as far as I know, I've never seen you play a competitive team game on your stream. Is there something that keeps you away from these kinds of games? Well, one is typically community. Like, most competitive team games I've played have ended up being toxic as hell when it comes to the community. Um, aside from that, they're stressful. Like, when I'm trying to stream, I'm there, what initially started as just chat with some people while I'm playing games, has become 
community focused, like community first, everything else secondary. Playing competitive games just don't have the ability to do that with um with something like a competitive game. Like I don't have the the focus to be able to have good and in-depth conversations with people while playing. Mm-hmm. And that's really really the whole reason I don't even entertain them. Yeah. We have a pretty great um, queer community, LGBTQ plus community in Heroes of the Storm. Uh, Soph mm-hmm. and I and Wicked and Royal Light were all somewhat part of the Girls Gang Squad community, which is run by uh, former uh, guests of the show, Jazlyn, and which many of the guests have either played for or cast in. And this is a super inclusive uh, girls competitive scene, which includes... Uh, trans girls, gender non-conforming people, like anyone who chooses to identify as a woman, you're free to play in Girls Gang Squad. Um, Hell which yeah. Is, which is fantastic. I'm playing it. In, I've all, When you hear this, I've already played in it, as we said at the top of the show, and Selvaje has made me her bitch. And you liked it? Probably. <laughs> uh, but is there something that competitive games could be doing to make themselves more open? Uh, because it doesn't take much for or or long for for someone in a chat to say oh that's gay or to call me a faggot um or i'm not going to say the other word because even though i have no problem with it 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 might just turn some people off but to hear Mm -hmm. to hear these these gay and trans slurs just thrown around like they're nothing it's because people are hiding behind avatars and hiding uh hiding behind screen names instead of using their real name my name is on my account, you motherfuckers. It says Annalise on my battle tag. I cannot tell you how many times I've gotten to just be like, oh, oh, congratulations, three-minute-old account. Come in here to just fucking hate on the trans person, not on your main account, because you're too fucking cowardly to do it. it ha- it's a nightly occurrence. Yeah. But is there something that, that competitive games, specifically MOBAs, Heroes League, Dota, can can do to make themselves feel like they're inviting to LGBTQ plus people? Is there something that, that competitive scenes need to do to be more open? I think they really just need to just to be less toxic. And that requires better moderation and better reporting features and things like that like i know that steph was a a competitive a good competitive hots player and she basically got run off of twitch for the absolutely lukewarm take at best that Voice chat gives you an advantage if you pass as a cishet dude. Like, it does. there need to be different options. There need to be, you know, like, some games take care of it with things like uh, key binding callouts, things like that. There need to be better options or better communities to be more welcoming to my, to marginalized groups. Plain and simple. Because yeah. I mean, <laughs> League is toxic, HOTS is toxic. 
I have only heard worse stories about Heroes of New Earth if it even still exists. I think it does. I think I think it's on a server somewhere and there's like 10 people playing it. Yeah, sounds about right. Yep. Um and again, we actually have a pretty sizable LGBTQ plus community community and lots of people involved in the community. Um, we actually got the game director of Heroes of the Storm liked one of our tweets and he came out of the closet like two years ago. Hell yeah. It's like, wait a minute, wait, am I reading this right? I mean, let me like wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Are we sure? Are we sure this is this is I can't find it now, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but it, it, it kind of fucking blew my mind. Um, uh, yeah, so it was just great to to have that, and we do have we do have a community that is tacitly supportive of us. But at the same time, you know, same company. Um, the 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 best, most consistent Hearthstone player in North America. Is Luna Love, who was formerly Bloody Bloodyface, and every single person who's in chat has linked their that's streamed on YouTube. They've they linked their YouTube account to their Blizzard account to be able to get free packs for being in chat. I want to know why Blizzard isn't banning the transphobes not just from the chat but from their fucking games. Right? Because they have the information to do that. Where's the actual punishment for violating Blizzard TOS? Because you can say, well, they're not doing it in a game. Well, they're doing it at an official Blizzard event. They can be fucking banned for that shit. And they should be. They absolutely yep. should be. There needs to be better um, report. Re uh, no. Um, accountability, maybe? Yes, thank you. There needs to be better accountability. Like, this isn't... I mean, this is the internet. People like to hide behind anonymity, but people also go really out of their way to not be anonymous by linking their Facebooks with their Twitter, with their Blizzard accounts and things like that. Accountability needs to be had. Like, if you're going to go tell me to kill myself because I'm trans, there need to be repercussions for that you need to i even get a temporary suspension i don't care i'm just tired of being the punching bag because trans people are a political hot button hot button topic right now it's exhausting oh, we're, we're just hot so we are we really are it's fucking exhausting being a political punching bag for insecure gamer boys on the internet oh my god <laughs> yeah. yeah so the last the last thing i wanted to talk about just as a question and we've got a few topics that i just want to kind of open back up um mm -hmm. is that this this issue of representation we touched on this a little bit um and we talked about why representation matters we use star trek and the nerd things and twitch is a way of finding your community um, and we talked about this with having Salvaje on here. We've talked about this. We're going to talk about this. We've talked about this with, with having uh, Vipey and Luna, the hot streamer, not the Hearthstone player. There are lots of Lunas um, in in the scene. Uh, and and just a little bit more about, you know, because, again, and, and I'm not talking just about queer representation, LGBTQ plus representation, but there's a real problem 
of of race and class and 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 ethnic representation in all forms of media and it seems to me that it's really important to start to be to be pushing that to be thinking about that but there's this there's this still pushback as you said from insecure white boys um or i think you said cis boys but let's let's say cis white boys and het boys that they feel like their their space is being threatened as though it was their space to begin with it is so not their space it is so not their space I mean, the space should be for everybody. Representation is hugely important. I would not have come out as trans if I didn't have representation. What finally, the socks broke the last vestige of whatever walls I had put up, but I didn't really start questioning myself seriously until I'd had a couple trans girlfriends. One when I was 28, I went back in the closet thanks to a bad therapist at that point. And then again, when I was 31, that just being able to hang around them and see them live and do the thing of just existing while trans made me understand that what they had was what I wanted. That yes, I could also be attracted to women while being one. Lesbians do exist, Willow. And just having that representation has been so important. And the spaces that we can create where we can give people the education to have the conversation with themselves, to figure themselves out the representation so that somebody can point to someone and be like them, they are goals, that is what I want. It's necessary. It is necessary to combat hate and to make people happier. So, and these are not where we're going to be going now. These are not questions, but but things to talk about. And I want to bring Soph in on this. This is the reason why I wanted Soph in on this interview. That and because she's Soph and she's awesome. And she might kill me if I don't have her in on interviews like this. It's true. Fair. It's possible. <laughs> I, I, live, I live under fear of death from at least two of my co-hosts on a regular basis. So it's a good way to live. It, it keeps me on my toes. Um, Soph, you are the step-parent of a, of a trans child. And you're my raising... My son is trans, my yes. younger stepson. And you are raising that child in BFM, but fucking Montana. Oh yeah, it's one and... of the one of the reasons we're among others we're considering moving to uh, Oregon or Washington in the next year or two. Is like yeah, I might be sad to move away from my family, but their life's gonna hopefully not like suck up maybe a little bit less. <laughs> not living in in Butler. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and you, yeah. And you, you, yeah. you are like, you are like one of the staunchest, like, like liberal P flag, P flag people, raging like, feminists. <laughs> well, yeah, I wouldn't be hanging out with you for well, if no, you weren't no. all these things. Like, <laughs> you and I, you, you and I will just shoot the shit and chat for nothing, even if we're not playing games. Um, it's a, you know, Absolutely. it's a massive love. Um, but I wanted, I want to just let you talk a little bit about. Uh, about being the parent of a trans child, uh, my trans child is an adult, so I'm not actually—I didn't actually have to raise him. Um, he just needed moms, and so we volunteered. Um, well, I'm not an expert or anything. I yes, you are. The number one thing is like they're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. You know, they kind of. The important thing is just to love them and support them for what they do. And you would think as a parent that wouldn't be that hard, yet is for trans kids 
So yeah. Right. Yeah, no. Just, just love your kid for who they are and support them. That's all you have exactly. to do. It's not hard. <laughs> exactly. A par- parental support of trans kids is so important. Like, and like being we're able not going to be perfect. To back to. Yeah. And I mean, my mom's far from perfect. She misgenders me a lot still, but she's trying. And like that effort that she's putting out to support me, even in my 30s, um, means the world to me. That's awesome. And I, I can't overstate how important it is for trans people to have support structures trolls like to bandy about uh, a certain statistic of the number of attempted of the percentage of attempted suicide of trans people but they always seem to conveniently leave out the fact that that number drops to like lower than cis people average if trans people actually have a support system around them yep and the reason why trans people kill themselves isn't because they are trans it is because they are abused by the by the people in the society around them 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah, so de- depression rates in, in trans people aren't any higher than they are in the rest of the population. Naturally, it's just because when you're getting when you're getting attacked on all sides and your body is made into a political object, fuck you all. Um, Look, I have my own objectification fetish, but not politically. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually. I just thought it would be a fun, funny line to say. It's a, it's, a, it's a great line. We're keeping it in. We don't edit the show, uh, so... Good. I hope not. Yeah. Uh, we try, I tried to edit the show, but then, I, then my dysphoria gets triggered listening to my voice, and I'm like, you know what? This isn't worth it. I'll drop the music in the hey. beginning, the music in at the end, and that's it. Yeah, that's why I don't go back and listen to my old broadcasts, is because of the own dysphoria of my, my voice. Mm. Um, that's a topic to bring up at the very end. Uh, but I do want to go back to talking about Steph and the way in which transphobia uh, drove her off her Twitch. We talked a little bit about what you know other things need to do. What does Twitch really need to do? Because it seems like it seems like all those people who are spamming her chat with death threats and all sorts of other things and who are who are blatantly misquoting her, blatantly taking what she said out of context when she was talking about, uh, saying that uh, uh, gaming culture has a has a white supremacist problem, which by the way it does. Oh my god, absolutely! It's, it's in a society that has a white supremacist problem. You can't pretend that gaming is not a part of the society that we're that we're in. Absolutely not. And Steph is absolutely right. I I respect Steph a lot. Um, and there's no there's no but to that. I. I respect the hell out of Steph. Yeah. Uh, we were kind of close at one point, no longer, but what she has been able to create from that with like peer to peer dot live and helping the lead that kind of got some tags added has been huge. Twitch needs to own up to the fact that they've been completely complacent and therefore culpable with her harassment because it largely comes from Destiny, who is garbage, and his ban should have been permanent. But that's for polit- politics stream later tonight. Um, not really. Not actually later tonight. But I could sit here and rail about that guy forever. The important who thing is, is Twitch... 
he des destiny fucking destiny destiny was a starcraft 2 streamer way back in the day who you know kind of made a name for himself by being kind of transphobic once scarlet came out as a trans woman oh and now he's in a lot of leftist spaces pretending to be uh, a leftist but he has very much the mentality of i'm a reactionary fuck you i got mine like i've I've seen him engage in topics where he has ended with, and I can't find the vod this was like a year and a half ago where he was literally just like, "I'm just asking you, I don't actually care about this topic. I have my money was okay, what a bitch. nearly a direct quote what a fucking bitch, yeah, and and like, it's that kind of bad faith yeah. bullshit white boy arguments. Oh, absolutely. It's and it's that kind of reactionary bullshit that led basically his his community, his very toxic, gross community that have been, as I understand it, largely responsible for the hate train that Steph has been on the receiving end of that she's still experiencing. And honestly, she never should have gotten any of that hate to begin with. Her take was not hot by any stretch of the imagination i i feel like twitch needs to be held accountable i feel like if there was if there's a better streaming alternative or places to move your community to that that would be one way of holding twitch accountable but it wouldn't even matter because most of the most of the streamers who are affected by this are so small twitch doesn't care and the absolutely way not mixer failed the way in which i mean facebook is living off of disguised toast money and pretty much nothing else because no one else on no one else important is on facebook gaming and oh, that's still a thing. Face well, yeah. Disguised toast is a big <laughs> thing. So, and he, he, by the way, you want to talk about awesome allies. You want to talk about people who support everyone and who are super pro women, pro LGBTQ, pro fucking awesome. Disguised motherfucking toast. That oh, yeah. that that guy is so amazing. He's such a wonderful, loving person. And he's he's like he his heart is on his sleeve. He's he does play a bit of sarcastic asshole on his stream because it's a personality that gets in views and it's a business. Mm -hmm. But he is he is a super supportive, super wonderful human being. I've loved his content for years. Um and he's never gonna listen to this, so it's not gonna like it's he's saying he's gonna do anything. <laughs> but there are so many good people out there doing really good stuff, and it just it just feels to me like it feels to me like Twitch is never going to dig themselves out of it, and they're not going to do the things that need to be done. And whenever I don't one of think these... they will. It's not profitable for them. Yeah, and whenever one of these streamers gets banned, their community just goes apeshit. Doesn't really matter what the ban was for. Um, mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what they did. They're like, you shouldn't ban them. They're innocent until proven guilty. Well, it's not a fucking court of law, so that doesn't apply here, you assholes. Free speech. Free speech. This isn't the government trying to censor you. That's yeah, not what I, free speech is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's literally just not what free speech is. Thanks. Yep. So it just, yeah. Then again, I went on a podcast and called Joe Rogan a stupid cunt. Well, he is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. I'm right. He is. He's, he's, he's a transphobe who brings on transphobe conspiracy theorists to talk about trans issues. And then one of my friends is like, well, he doesn't seem to really care about it that much. Then so he should stop talking about it. If he's not going to learn anything or engage in any kind of, of honest debate, fuck you, Joe Rogan. 
Absolutely. Like this it's disingenuous bullshit when someone like the BBC article that I read earlier this year or like the 60 minutes that came on earlier this year where people like Joe Rogan and other people like that they they completely they don't give a shit about what they're talking about and they will platform people just to get clicks and views and things like that. That's why you get conspiracy theorists, transphobes and why you get gender critical turfs where you get turfs and nobody bothers to actually talk to a trans person because nope. actually humanizing us isn't what's isn't what gets views at all. No, because they're because they're, this is and this is why the ultimate evolution of the trans girl brain is still destroy capitalism. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So yeah. So for those of you who are ever in doubt about where I sit on this shit. <laughs> Are you not paying attention since episode one? Really? Where was that? Was that? Was, huh? Okay. So, and I will yell about it all the time. Good. And I, I want to talk about the last thing we talked a little bit about family, but I want to talk about um, I want to talk about family in in the queer concept because this is a concept that's that's very common in in LGBTQ plus circles is that oftentimes. Uh, 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 queer people have to find their families. They have to find who their, who their family is because they get rejected by their family. And sometimes because we're afraid of being pre-rejected by our family for coming out, we go out and seek them out and start to shut our family out, which is kind of what I do. Um, not intentionally. I just don't want to have conversations with a bunch of Republicans. I mean, yeah, who does? I am. Um... <laughs> Exactly. Like, that's kind of why I did the same thing. I tried to, like, I've tried to keep my mom in the loop. I tried to let her in, but my brother just runs from me, actually runs from me. And there's a certain amount of understanding how somebody feels that, especially when you're trans, when you're queer in general, that cishet people don't fucking get like there are aspects of the experience of being just feeling like your body is so completely wrong and who you are on the outside does not match who you actually are that you can only really adequately communicate with other people going through that because you've had to develop the language. Like if I sit here and say that I'm having a case of the genders, a trans person will just be like, oh, yeah, no, sucks. Gotcha. I know. Yeah, it's just people are like, what the fuck does that mean? And it's that difference in understanding that makes found family so nice to have because you actually feel like people understand you spending so long in your life not understanding yourself. Yep. And when you're queer, you see a girl and just like, oh, I would let her ruin my life. You understand that as, as, at least in my case, as a woman-loving woman, that hits so much different than it ever did prior to transitioning. Like, my experience of love and attraction are fundamentally different now that I experience them as a woman than I ever did as a quote-unquote man. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is that it's very important to understand that it's different for everyone because we talk about we talk about transitioning. Everyone transitions different. Like hundred uh, percent. 
people not everyone wants to go all the way there's there's various points in between the spectrum gender isn't a binary and people who not keep trying to make it into one including some trans people who try to make it into one um mm-hmm. talking to you caitlin jenner yeah fuck that trash human being yeah she was trash she was trash when she was when she was bruce and she's still trash while she's caitlin so you don't you don't get in our you don't get in our good graces just by transitioning and then going and supporting fucking Trump. I am a proud gutter whore, thank you. Caitlin may <laughs> may think that we don't like her because she's not one. Um no, no, no. God, that missed the mark. She misses the mark every time. But yeah, no, like there's no wrong way to be trans. There's no wrong way to be yourself. I mean, realistically, like I am a binary woman. I am a woman. I am not mm-hmm. non-binary, much like most of my partners have been. Um, I am a binary gender. I am a woman. Which is definitely funny when people come in and say there are only two genders. Like, I exist are... under your prescribed notion still. There, there aren't even only two sexes. Exactly. And the fact that you don't know the difference between gender and sex uh, means that you need to go read a book, read a book, no, read no, a fucking man. book. Don't you? Oh my god! Are you my talking cat to your cat? Is... Yeah, he's peeing on stuff. Oh boy, <laughs> little dickhead. Anyway, um, yeah. So like, I still exist under that prescription, and I don't necessarily not. I don't necessarily want to replace my bottom bits with something else. I don't know. I got rid of my testicles. Because they hurt since 1999. But other than that, I don't know. And that's okay. And it's okay to not know. It's okay to take your time. Yep. It would be nice to be... And again, this is this is a problem for me. And another reason to have you on here. Because it frees me up to talk about this shit. I would love nothing more than to start hormones tomorrow. But as I've mm-hmm. said multiple times... Despite the fact that I work in a supposedly safe state, and I live in one of the safest cities for being LGBTQ+, um, I would not be able to move ahead in one of my jobs, which is part-time, because the particular place where I work, and I can't talk about it in any more detail, um, they don't have the best track record of dealing with LGBTQ people, even though they claim Mm -hmm. they do. And the other right. job that I work for, I'm a contract worker, and even though I have a union that's supposed to back me up on this shit, I know they wouldn't. And so I know that I would stall out at one job and get fired from the other. And then, you know, I'm married to the most amazing, awesome woman in the world. Sorry, Soph, you're going to have to deal with me number two. Um, All right. Yeah, sorry. It's the reality. Uh and she's also disabled and she's in constant chronic pain. And mm-hmm. we just went through we just went through a two and a half year battle to get her social security disability, which we finally got after she worked for twenty five years, the last ten of which she was in intense, incredible pain. Oh, uh, wow. to make sure that she is able to be taken care of. But we still have to have my income in order for us to live, because fuck this economy and fuck capitalism. Um, Absolutely. And so I'm constantly living in this trap of not being able to 
even consider beginning transition until I'm in a stable place or until I'm in a place where I can lock down and not care about having to having to advance, having to be able to push forward or where I'm working just one job and that job is secure. And so it's the, it, it doesn't make me any less valid, but at the same time, I feel like I'm an imposter frequently. And, and imposter and, syndrome is, it runs rampant in, uh, queer, queer community, queer circles in general. It runs rampant. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just, it just always feels bad. It always feels like, you know, I'm, I'm practicing, uh, with this, uh, team of girls, many of whom are trans, uh, who are, or who are not, uh, in the process of transitioning or do, working on their voices. I constantly want to work on and then don't cause I'm lazy. Uh, does does really well when I'm on the phone in my other job though. It's kind of weird, but when I'm podcasting, it just comes the bass comes back in my voice and I hate it. Like I'll I'll listen to pieces of this as I'm editing and it just makes me cringe. Um, I have heard the theory that when we hear our own voice through the lens of, um, even after vocal training, mm-hmm. that we're hearing the basically the non-gendered parts of our voice as opposed to what makes it male or female. And that's why, especially if we've lived uh, for 20, 30, 40 years one way, that hearing it, even after it's changed, you feel like there's not really any difference. Yeah. Like, I feel feel your voice is just amazing, and it's another thing that I'm jealous about all the time. And see, like, I still hear dude voice when I hear recordings of myself. Oh, so weigh in on this. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I mean, I also hate to hear my own voice, but that's for a different reason. So I don't really want to speak to it too much. But well, I mean, I mean, just weigh in on our voices, please. That's the person who's not you both. You both have beautiful voices who sound exactly how you would like them to sound. Okay, it doesn't feel like that to me. (laughs) You do. I appreciate that. Get over it. Okay. This is why I (laughs) hang out with Sev. Yep. (laughs) All right. We have come to the end of the various things we're talking about. We've been talking for about an hour, which is about how long I want this interview to go, but I don't want to end just yet. I want to give uh, Willow a chance to, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for, because we've never talked before outside of your chat. Um, and I just, I, I'm I'm gonna keep gushing. I want you to, to give us a give a chance to just talk about where, uh, hopefully, a new community of people can can come and watch you because I think you're super awesome. I think your chat is your your chat, your Twitch, your whole your whole shtick, all the things that you are and all the things that you're doing is like some of the best stuff going on right now. And I think that oh, that you, you should be a you should be a fucking billion times bigger. Now we have about forty people listening to us, so that's not going to help. But uh, that's not why I brought you on here. I brought you on here because because I wanted to talk to you and I wanted to to do some to do some pride shit that wasn't always super positive. Because I think that I think that whereas positivity is important and, and it's important to to be positive and to be moving forward, we also sometimes have to get in the ditch and deal with the shit. And Absolutely. I think, that, I think that this interview has been 
great at digging some of that stuff up and, and slinging some mud where mud definitely needed to be swung. Blizzard, Twitch, Amazon. All of you get your mm-hmm. fucking shit together. None of you are listening to mm-hmm. us, but all of you get your fucking shit together. Um, so I didn't want to give yeah, exactly. you like a little bit of time here at the end to just kind of uh, talk about where people can find you, what what they can uh, hope to see when they find you there. When do you stream? What are you planning to do? Uh, what else? What else should they know about Willow? Well, you can find me at Twitch TV, Twitch TV slash Willow, Twitch.tv slash Willow. You've, I've got social media there. They're different. Unfortunately, I can't just be Willow all across the board. It's like it's a common name or something. Um, but yeah, you can find me talking about gender, sexuality, maybe playing some games, answering questions, most importantly, on Twitch, uh, Monday through Friday, usually starting at about 8 p.m. Eastern, sometimes 9, because I'm busy, and I am also lazy, and it makes for not being punctual for anything. And that's basically all I'm doing these days, while I... Uh, per- pursue my quest of being annoyingly hot and hopefully finding non-surgical ways to help alleviate my facial dysphoria without having to drop thirty to $50,000 on a new face. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Mood, am I right? I know. I just avoid mirrors. Um, ah, yes, I understand that very well. It's and you know it's hard for me also because I'm very much out of shape and being lazy about getting back into shape. Even though I know what my body does once I start working out, is that I will shed pounds very very quickly. It just I'm working two fucking jobs. Sorry, I get that. Just, I totally it's, get it's that. Really hard to do things, and there's other things I want to do, and there's video games to play, and I guess I'm just a lazy bitch. All right, um, we're gonna end the shows we typically do with just some some. Uh, Stuff in case this is your first time listening, uh, you can uh, email the show at qforfun at gmail.com. If, if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, uh, listen to the rest of our shows. We usually talk about Heroes of the Storm. We're doing a special interview today with Willow because she's fucking awesome. You can follow the show at qforfun. We are going to have other shows coming out later this summer. We just haven't had a chance to develop them. Um, you can find our hosts at uh, their individual Twitters. Royalite is at Royalite. Wicked Kitten is at Wicked Kitten 13. Soph is at her real name, Lisa3325. <laughs> Not tell. like like everyone isn't going to figure it out because it's what you put <laughs> on your Twitter. And you yeah. can find me at Anne underscore Lise and spelt with an E, E L I S E. Um, and we're doing all kinds of, of neat stuff and. Uh, if you've listened to this, hopefully you've listened to our episode with Vipey and Luna, which we recorded uh, we recorded after this, but I, I remember that like it was yesterday. It was fantastic. It's a great episode, like all of our episodes. Absolutely. Um, so, do you have anything you would like to end on since it's not a show about a, a, a MOBA? Um, well, I just even though the show's not about a MOBA, I would like to remind everybody how hot Taronda is. Uh, Always. So that's all. And Dreadlord Jaina. Yes. Oh. We, I was I've been literally staring at the hot screen switching between Dreadlord Jaina and Taronda. Like back and forth. So I don't blame you. I don't blame so, you at all. So tries to pass herself off as straight. Definitely gay for Taronda though. Yeah, as, but I also 
I also got you into anime by getting you to watch watch girl kissing anime. So well, that's because they tell stories about women, and I like stories about women, <laughs> no matter if they're gay or not. You I say sense a story a gay awakening in the future. <laughs> you say this was written and created and starring women and women centered. I like that. <laughs> I don't care what their sexuality. <laughs> All right. Thank you anyway. so much for thank you so much for being on the show, Willa. We really appreciate having you here. It was a great conversation. Uh hope to have you on again in the future. Maybe, maybe if hopefully something, something awesome. Uh, for another show, if, you, if there's other things you want to talk about, um, or just you know, come on and talk more about gender and how people need to stop fucking the world up by being assholes. Because we could, we could have a whole show where we call out trolls by name. I've been longing to do that. I love that. <laughs> I like that idea a lot. All right, and that's where we're going to close the show. Thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed this special episode, let us know. Uh, and if not, fuck you. I like it. <laughs>